0: Well, grace to you all in peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus and in the power of our Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as you saw in the the video moments ago, we're concluding this five-week series of Women of Faith and Courage, and we looked at Hannah, who had confident faith. We looked at Mary, the mother of Jesus, who had courageous faith. We looked at Abigail, who had determined faith. The poor widow had self-giving faith. And today, we look at the Syrophoenician woman, had unshakable faith. We heard that story just moments ago. The key to this story is that she is a mother who is acting on behalf of her daughter who has this unclean spirit. In fact, she begs Jesus to cast that demon out. And in response to this, Jesus says, let the children be fed first, for it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Now this woman, who has that unshakable faith, says right back, sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And then Jesus relents in saying, for saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. She went home and found the demon had left her daughter. That's a pretty difficult passage for us, maybe even a little disturbing, because it shows a side of Jesus we don't like. But let's back up a little bit, maybe. In the reading before this, in the Gospel of Mark, so before the 24th verse, Jesus declared the purity laws of the Pharisees null and void. He basically says, All food is clean to eat. He says, it's what comes out of a person that is unclean. It's not what goes in. And he says, it's what really comes out of your heart. That cruelty, the meanness, the bias, the anger, the indifference, the arrogance, that comes from your heart, and that's what is unclean. And so this happened down around the Sea of Galilee, and now Jesus is going up north. In a minute, they'll they'll see a map in a little bit. But he's going up north to a place he'd never been before, up to Tyre and Sidon. And they're coastal cities along the Mediterranean Sea. So he's left the dry ground around the Sea of Galilee to these coastal seaports. And I wonder if maybe Jesus needed a vacation, just needed time away from all the demands of what people were putting on him. Because it says, I like this, he went into a house, he's, there Jesus is going to the Airbnbs, boom, goes into the house. Remember, he didn't own a house, so going into a house. He hadn't been there before, so he's going to an Airbnb, and he says, the gospel of Mark says, and he didn't want anyone to know he was there. He just wanted to fly under the radar. He wanted to find some solitude, but that's not what happens. Because there, even in this remote location where he's never been before, they had heard about Jesus, and they want something from him. In this case, it's a woman who is a Gentile, which means she is non-Jewish. She's Syrophoenician. Now, that's interesting. What does that mean? Well, it could mean that she was mixed race. She was part Phoenician and part Syrian. Or it could be that they actually called Phoenicians... Syro-Phoenicians in this area because it was in the area of Syria to distinguish Phoenicians who lived in Africa. So, whatever, the Scripture says she was Syro-Phoenician, But I think the most important thing is she's a mother who is desperately concerned about her daughter's well-being. Her daughter has this unclean spirit. She's sick And she begs Jesus to make her well. In fact, it says that she bows down at his feet. Tell me, when was the last time ever in your life that you got down on your hands and knees and put your head to the ground and grabbed someone's feet and begged them? Me? Zero. And yet that's what this woman does. She completely comes to him in humility, beseeching him to do for her daughter, this little girl, what she had heard he has done for so many others. And here's the disturbing thing. Jesus says no. He refuses. And right there, most of us in this room probably go, wait a second. Does Jesus ever say no? He did here. In fact, that he insults her, I think, or, or maybe it humiliates her by comparing her to a dog. But she is undeterred, this woman, this mother. You can almost hear her saying, call me a dog, will you? Fine, because I love my daughter so much, I'll be a dog. But I'll be a dog that demands the crumbs off the table." And then Jesus relents. You see, Jesus responds to her tenacious, desperate, unshakable faith by commending her and healing her beloved daughter. But the question, I think, is why did it take so long? Why was it so hard? Standard interpretation softens the story by saying, Jesus isn't really insulting her. He's just testing her, as Natalie had suggested. She passes, and so her daughters heal. Uh, Maybe. We believe and confess that Jesus is fully human, fully divine. Maybe this week is His full humanity. He's tired. He's cranky. He's just short with words. Been there, done that. Maybe you have too. Why else would He be dismissive and rude? Maybe. He hasn't quite realized the implications of the kingdom yet and how broad and expansive it is. Could it be? Was it he was... You and I both know how easy it is to fall into the, the, the typical dichotomies of who's in, who's out, who's saved, who's damned, who's worthy, who's unworthy, who's a Jew, who's a Gentile, who's left, who's right, who's conservative, who's liberal. We do that all the time. It's easy to fall into that pattern and look at someone and say, yep, they're out. Did Jesus? Maybe. Maybe He just came for the Israelites, and then He stumbles upon this woman. Maybe God even put this woman in Jesus' way to test Him and stretch Him and to extend His imagination of what God's kingdom includes. All people. Syrophoenicians, Jews, Samaritans, Gentiles, everybody. Others say maybe that it wasn't quite the time right. He's not really saying no; he's just saying not yet. That others will be fed in time, but now for this, it's only about the children of Israel. Maybe. Maybe Jesus is spiritually, physically, and emotionally depleted. He's just exhausted and wants a break. But you know what I read between the lines? That this unnamed woman who comes to Jesus is exhausted too. Scriptures say her her daughter has this unclean spirit. She's like demon possessed. And what we know, if you read the Gospels, is that those who are possessed often lash out. They often experience convulsions. They tend to harm themselves and others. And I imagine this mother is completely exhausted and caring for her daughter. Nobody's going to invite them to dinner. She has to stay home with this child and care for her. And if anything, has taught us the last 18 months or so how exhausting it is to stay home all the time. This woman needs a break. And so I think you've got two tired people coming together. But truthfully, the people of Jesus' day would not have found Jesus' response to be that out of the ordinary. We hear it, and it makes us shake our head, and those words burn in our ears. What is Jesus talking about? But in Jesus' day, it was forbidden for women to approach a male stranger and speak to them. It was forbidden. And Gentile women were especially to be ignored because they were perceived to be unclean. And rabbis of Jesus' day would have not even spoken to this woman, yet Jesus did. Even if it was, in our mind, demeaning, Jesus spoke to her. And when he says, let the children be fed first, notice that she does not question what Jesus says. One commentator even suggested she accepts the analogy and its implications, only pointing out that when the children are fed, the dogs also get some benefit, incidentally. I think the important question might be asked ourselves this day is, why would Mark, the gospel writer, put this story and claim it as good news in the gospel? I mean, if someone was writing my story, and I did something that wasn't so good, i kind of like just leave it out, you know? The sin of omission, just, just leave it out. Let's not do that. But they didn't. One scholar, uh, Brian Blunt, Mark kept the story because the Syrophoenician woman was a transformer, just like Jesus was. She does not break down. Rather, she does what Jesus is known for doing with all who question Him. This woman accepts Jesus' response, stands up to the meaning of the response, and then she turns it upside down. And Jesus accepts the instruction from this gendered outsider who challenges him, and he allows her to school him, so to speak, on what is good news. And this woman... Succeeds in deconstructing his bias, entitlement, and the line that seems to have been put into the sand of who's in and who's out. You see, this desperate mother of unshakable faith will not leave without her blessing and the healing of her daughter. She has heard about Jesus, about the power, about the compassion, about His ability to make the impossible possible. And she refuses to believe that a loving and gracious God would not want all people to be filled, all people to be healed. And so this Jesus, who was not known for losing verbal contests, yields to her words and says, for saying that you may go The demon has left your daughter. Unshakable faith. It allows Jesus to be humbled and also transformed by this woman. Barbara Brown Taylor, author and pastor, describes the transformation this way. She says, you can almost hear the huge wheel of history turning as Jesus comes to a new understanding of who he is. And what he's been called to do. Women of faith and courage, this woman's unshakable faith and persistence teaches Jesus that his mission is much bigger than he had imagined, and she opened his eyes to the fact that God's love and mercy transcends all boundaries. What boundaries have we drawn this week? between ourselves and those we consider to be the other? What limits have we placed on what we can do and whom we can help? Where have you been fearful this week of others who are not quite like you, maybe not taking the time to learn their story? We make unconscious judgments each day about who deserves our help, our kindness, our attention, maybe even God's favor. It's easy for us to grow complacent about how we treat the stranger and those who are different from us. The good news this day is that Jesus worked through his complacency and saw God's presence in this outsider. There is no doubt, that the gospel writer of Mark sees Jesus' confrontation, this dialogue with the Syrophoenician woman as a pivotal moment. Because after this, Jesus doesn't all of a sudden grant her this, this healing of her daughter and then go home, back to Jerusalem. He goes immediately to the Decapolis, a network of ten Greek cities, where we just heard, where he healed a deaf man with a speech impediment. And after that, Jesus will feed 4,000 Gentiles and have leftovers. You see, this mother's unshakable faith and persistence benefited not just her daughter. She was instrumental in jump-starting Jesus' ministry to all people. This gospel, this good news reminds us that whatever we were before, Whatever people said we were or believed ourselves to be, we are now children of God. If we identify with the Syrophoenician woman begging from crumbs, we are reminded that Jesus did not leave any of us hungry, sick, or tired. He claims us all as beloved children, children from every tribe and language and nation, Even crumbs from the table prove to be enough for our healing and salvation. You see, Jesus gives more than enough. And today, he will provide once again crumbs from his table, his supper, the Lord's Supper. And it will be a life-giving feast for us all. And that, my friends, is good news. And as we journey through life, may we be aware of those Syrophoenician women who exist within and outside our communities. And may we approach Jesus on their behalf. And may we actively seek ways to bring about the well-being of those in need. And the rest of this month, we're going to strive to be Christ's hands and feet in this world providing crumbs of healing for all people. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this woman of faith and courage, for her love of her daughter and her unshakable faith. May we challenge, may we trust you just as much,